We are in, um, at the moment in a series going through the book of Ephesians, so Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, and we have reached chapter 4. If you were here uh, last week, then you, you will have um, heard Callum unpack the first bit of chapter 4, and he explained to us very helpfully that really the, the book of Ephesians so far, chapters 1 to 3, have been um, a whole lot of... Uh, Paul's theology, really, his excitement about what it is to be saved, who we are, who God's made us to be, what he's done um, in, in Jesus dying and forgiving our sin and causing us to be reborn, recreated, and this amazing salvation that is now ours. And he's uh, gone on about that for the first three chapters, how excited he is, and he's prayed uh, for the Ephesians that they might know God's love and the power of it and the depth of it and the height of it and got very excited. And by the time he gets to chapter four, really he's then saying, so what? So how shall we live? In response to all that God has done, in response to this amazing gospel, so how then shall we live? And the next few chapters, the other half of Ephesians is going to kind of unpack Lots of practical stuff about how, how then do we live as Christians in the light of this amazing gospel. So that's where we are. Um, Callum talked last week about um, really springboarded off of, uh, chapter one, where Paul talks about walking in a manner that is worthy of our calling. And that's where we're going to uh, kick off again today. So let me read Ephesians chapter four, um, starting at verse one. We're going to go through to Verse 16. Okay. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And Father, I just want to pray this morning that you would open up your word to us. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for revelation of truth that has come to us. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and work on our hearts and our minds this morning, Lord, that in your word we would see things that you have 
uh, that you want to speak directly into our hearts and things that you want to do in us and change in us this morning. So Father, we pray, come amongst us, Holy Spirit. I pray, come and rest on each one of us now. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us and provoke us and change us today, that we might more, more live as your word says, that we might live more appropriate to this calling that we have, that we might live in a way that is worthy of this calling, uh, Lord, by which you have called us. Amen. Amen. Catherine, you're in good voice today. <laughs> it's very encouraging. <laughs> right. So we're to live worthy of our calling. We're to live in a way that is appropriate to this gospel, this amazing gospel. Jesus had died in our place. He's given us forgiveness for sin. He's given us hope and a future. And Paul says, now come on, look up, wise up. You need to live in a way that is appropriate to what God has done. So often, uh, I love that, uh, was it Liz who said earlier about uh, lifting our heads? So often we walk around with our heads down, not remembering the magnificence, really, of what God has done for us in the gospel. And what, he, what Paul though, then goes on to talk about in Ephesians 4, of course, is to talk about the body, is to talk about uh, the body of Christ, the church, the people that we're joined in this calling with. In fact, he doesn't spend very long just on, our, on us as individuals. Immediately, as soon as he starts to talk about what it means to live appropriately to who we are as God's people, he immediately starts talking about the body. He starts talking about this family, this community that we've been joined with. And we soon understand that actually what Paul is saying is that to live appropriate to the calling that God has, um, that has put on our lives, to live appropriate to this salvation, to live appropriate to this rescue plan that he has done in our lives, actually is for us to wise up to and to get in touch with this body, this community that we have become part of. Actually, that is a fundamental part of what it means to live worthy of our calling. Amen? And so I want to remind you, before we go any further, therefore, what Paul has actually said about the church so far. So we've had these three chapters of theology um, where Paul's got excited about what God has done. And now we come to the practical outworking. What does that mean in our lives? So let's remind ourselves what Paul has said about the church. So we've had in chapter 2... You remember that he says, Paul says this in chapter 2, verse 15, that God has created, or Jesus has created in himself one new man in place of the two, making peace. And God has reconciled us to one another in one body through the cross, killing hostility. So the first thing that's happened is that we've been reconciled to one another. Amen? We've been made into one new man, one body, where... Dividing walls of hostility have been broken down on the cross. That doesn't happen anywhere in any other community in the way that it happens in the church. Because it's only by the cross, actually, that hostility and division and difference between us is broken down. So that's the first thing that Paul has said so far in chapter 2. Then the second thing, chapter 2, verse 21, the whole structure, that is the people of God being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So here's the second thing, that actually in joining us together in the gospel, God has built a temple where he dwells by his Spirit. And again, you won't find this anywhere else in any other group of people in any other community either, that this is the place as we are together where God dwells by his Spirit. He says, I'm going to make my residence amongst you. My Spirit, my very presence, as you are together, will be in your midst. Amen? That's pretty cool as well, isn't it? So the, the dividing walls of hostility, the differences, they've been broken down on the cross. We need to understand that. We need to understand as we are together in this community that this is the place where God promises to dwell by his spirit. And here's the other thing from uh, chapter 3. Paul says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So there's something about us as the church that sends a message not only to other people in this world, but to heavenly beings, to all, all of creation that says God is amazing. God is love. God is mercy. That what he's done in the church sends this message about the manifold, the multicolored wisdom of God, and it sends it throughout creation, that every being knows that as it looks on the church, they say, wow, who is this God that would do this, that would save individuals in this way, that would break down division in this way, that would come and dwell amongst the people that he's created. Amen? So that's the backdrop. That's the theology. And Paul says, in order to live worthy of this calling that I've brought you into, I want you to understand what it is to be part of this body. And my conviction this morning, uh, a lot to do with where we are right now and uh, where we've got to off, off, off the back of this pandemic, is that there's something that we need to recover in our understanding and our grasp and uh, really our um, apprehension, if you like, of what it is to be part of the body. I think we've lost something. And you know, when I, uh, uh, Elizabeth shared that word earlier, I hope that you heard it. I'm going to read a little bit of it again. Uh, but when she sent that through in the week, I thought, that is so spot on for where we are right now. Uh, Elizabeth, well done. Keep, keep going for it. I know you, sometimes Elizabeth's like, I just don't know if, that, if this means anything. This is powerful. And uh, I'm just going to repeat what Elizabeth said uh, uh, just earlier. I asked God why I've been reminded about this, us being like little toddlers and children ne needing to kind of learn to do the basics again in God. God reminded me that when a person or a child experiences any sort of trauma, they can regress and become like an earlier version of themselves. And we've experienced trauma. How true is that? Um, and so God wants to encourage us to begin to move forward again. And I, th and I think to recover something of, of maybe what we've lost. And I'm not saying that it was all great before the pandemic, because it wasn't. But actually, these moments sometimes of, um, of crisis, if you like, God uses them, doesn't he, to shake us up, to cause us to look again, to ask questions again. But I believe that there is a call to us right now as, as we, as this family of God's people, look at Ephesians 4 to say, I want you to recover something of what it is, this amazing vision of what it is to be part of this body, what it is to be part of the community of God's people, and actually to live worthy of the calling that God has put on your lives, to live in a a manner that is appropriate to what God has done in you in the gospel is to understand and to recover what it is to be part of a body. We live in a culture that is very individualistic. 
We live in a culture right now after the pandemic that has been dislocated more than ever. We live in a culture that is driven by consumerism that says that I will get involved in something when I've assessed what I can get back from it at the least cost. That's how we live life. Individualism, consumerism, and those go against the building of God's, God's people, the building of this body that we've been called into. And I believe there's something that we're to recover in these days and that God is calling us to recover. And as I heard that prophetic word from Elizabeth in the week uh, about taking baby steps again and looking into the eyes of our father and uh, maybe it feels like the basics again, but actually going back to the basics and relearning what it is to be the body of Christ together. There's, some, there's a high calling. There's an amazing thing that God has done in the church. We've heard about it uh, in, what, um, in what Paul has spoken in these earlier chapters. This place where God dwells by his spirit, where dividing walls are broken down, the, where the manifold wisdom of God is displayed. This is an amazing thing to be part of a body. And yet so often I think we, we scratch the surface of it, we see a little bit of it, we kind of da- uh, we put our toe in the, in the corner of it, but God wants to say, it is an amazing thing to be part of the body of Christ and for us to rediscover in this moment and to relearn and to go again on the basics to say, what is it that it means to be part of a body? Amen? And so I want us to lift our sights and say, God, will you, call, will you rekindle in me again? This is what I'm praying as well, by the way. I'm not immune to this. It's the same for all of us. But Lord, will you rekindle in me a passion for your church, a passion for your bride, a passion for this place where, where you dwell by your spirit, where we're full of differences. We come together and we have all sorts of frustrations and disappointments and misunderstandings because, as Colin said earlier, we're family. It's messy. We don't get one another. We're called from all different backgrounds, but there's something that God wants to do amongst us by his spirit that you cannot do with any other group. We have this thing in common, that, and that is Jesus. This person in common is Jesus. One body, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one Lord, One future, one hope. Amen? Something that calls us, something that draws us together. And my prayer is, Lord, will you rekindle in us? Will you draw us again to that? Will you cause us to, our eyes to be opened again to see what it is uh, to be part of this amazing, uh, this amazing community that you have created and rescued? And actually, that is your vehicle for reaching a broken and a dying world. Amen? I feel it's time for uh, a Swindon Town analogy. Um, I don't know if I've talked about our football team for a little while, but I went yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. It, was not, it wasn't a good day for Swindon yesterday. I don't, there, there's no two ways of saying it. Uh, we were excited. We were hopeful. And for the first 80 minutes, it was all going so well. And 80 minutes, it was still 1-0. And then somehow, by the end, we seem to have lost by 2-1. I don't know what happened, but, oh, it, it, was, it was, you know, it gets you, doesn't it? And I'm not even, uh, I, I am what my son would call a plastic, which means that I'm not a proper fan, because I don't go every week, I don't have a season ticket, I, uh, I don't know everything there is to know, but Joel, my 
my son is a, is a big Swindon fan. Yesterday was a hard day for him. Not, not least because we were playing Exeter, and we have, uh, uh, unfortunately, we also have some wider family rivalry in that Helen's brother is, lives in Exeter and her dad, and they support Exeter. And they had decided last minute to come up to the match, and they wanted to see us afterwards, and we were going to meet after the match, and we were standing there outside going, we don't, no, we don't want to talk to them. We don't want to talk to them. <laughs> they just won. They were coming over with their scarves. Uh, you know, it's hard. Why am I telling you all that? I don't know. Um, no, I do know. But, well, it is family. That, you know, that wasn't even my point. I tell you what, there's so many analogies in football teams for the church. And in family, we, yes, that is, a, that is a great analogy. What I was going to say was that, you know, there's something in Joel, my son, that, you know, no matter, he will be down for a bit. But by, by next week, he would have bounced up again, and he'll be believing, and he'll be chanting at the top of his voice, driving us crazy. There's another family analogy, by the way, you know, families. But there's something that, and this is just Swindon Town, but he's passionate. And it doesn't matter whether, they, it doesn't matter whether he's frustrated. It doesn't matter if they did it wrong. He'll, he'll, he'll complain about them, and he'll moan about them, just like we do about one another in the church, by the way. I know, I know it goes on. We all do it. Um, but he'll be back, and he'll be, and that's just Swindon Town. But we have the. Uh, this is my analogy, okay? I don't know if it does it work for you, but but we. This is the church. This is the people of God. This is the bride of Christ. This is the people that we're going to be together with in eternity, and that where God dwells by His Spirit, that His vehicle for reaching the world, His 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 hands and His feet on this earth, and and we get so dis, so easily dis, disillusioned. And, and I want to say in this moment, this moment of struggle, this moment of dislocation, this moment of cynicism often and saying, well, what? Actually, we're doing that about lots of things in life right now, aren't we? And it's so easy to do it about the church. And oh, I don't know if we like it. I don't know. Does it fit? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. What, what should it look like? And genuinely, we are, we are all doing that. But what I want us to pray is that God, by your spirit, will you grab hold of us again with the truth of your word that says, this is my precious community of people, and I want to come. I want to dwell amongst you. I want you to appreciate and love and care for one another. I want your gifts to be released for the good of one another, and I want this body to be built up in love. Amen? God, will you do that amongst us by your spirit in these days? Can we pray that together? However, wherever, whatever we're feeling right now, and yet yeah, it is like family. We feel all sorts of things on different days, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. But beyond it all, this is the body of Christ. These are the people, look around the room, these are the people that Jesus has chosen. He's died on a cross for. We're called together in all our messiness, in all our diversity, and he wants us to be built together. Every part working together, Ephesians 4 says, that the body might be built that we might grow up into maturity, that might, we might display the splendor of the one who saved us, the one who loves us. Amen? And so I want us to, I want us to say, God, put that vision for church again in us. But, and I'm not talking about Sunday mornings. I'm talking about what it is to be the body of Christ. Some of it happens on Sunday mornings. It is the expression that we see. It's where we see one another most often, maybe. But your body, Jesus, this this 
gathering of people in all its complexity and all its diversity that you died for. Give me a vision and a heart again for that, Lord. Amen? So let me give you a couple of things um, a couple of things that we're aiming for and a couple of ways that we're going to get there. The first thing, I just want to give a couple of things to, to raise our sights, really, of what we're looking for. And one of the things that Paul obviously gets very excited about is our unity. That actually, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the things that's happened in the pandemic, and I'm not just talking about the church, I'm talking about in culture and society generally, is that people have become more polarized. Isn't that right? That, the, that views have strengthened, that, that people have got more opposed. There seems to be more division. There seems to be more finger-pointing and disillusionment with others and getting cross with other people. And that, that seems to be in us. There's just division amongst us. And, and small things get us heated in a, and, and get us cross with one another. It, it seems to be the way of life, and the pandemic seems to have made it worse. We've got strong views on all sorts of things, uh, and we're very clear of what they are and who's in the other camp a lot of the time. But, you know, in the church, we have to tell an utterly different story. And I wanna, again, I want to call us to this. We, we cannot allow that kind of thinking, whatever it might be that would divide us within the church, and there'll be different things, the smallest to the biggest. But we are called to one faith. We are called to worship Jesus. We're called, and this is the thing, we're called back to the basics, back to the 101, following Jesus, worshiping him, glorifying him, remembering, this is a moment for remembering what we have in common, amen? For remembering the important things and leaving the peripheral things. One Lord, one faith, one hope, one forgiveness of sin. Paul gets very excited, he goes on about it. One, 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 one future. One baptism. We've all come the same way. Amen? We're all miracles of the same magnitude. Our salvation, whatever it might look like, actually there's only one way in and we all came in the same way. Amen? One faith. One Lord. And I believe it's time to put down some of the other things, some of the things that, that, that are our frustrations and, our, and the things that cause us to be cynical and to say, no, it's one. Jesus, we're here for you. Jesus, the primary thing is that we worship you in spirit and in truth, that we're faithful to you, that we put other things down, that you might be worshipped in our midst as your people. Amen? Unity is something we're going to go for. And while I'm on that, you know, God has, do, has been doing over the last few years, God has been doing something um, foundational, amazing, I think, in, in, in Swindon. It's a privilege to be part of it in terms of unity. Uh, I'm talking about unity within this local body, but I'm also talking about unity of God's people as well. And God's done something in Swindon in terms of bringing people together um, over the last few years. And again, a lot of these things have been a bit disturbed by the pandemic, and it's time for us to go again, I believe, and say, no, actually, there's more that God has got for us. As you know, Colin and I, we've talked about it lots of times, live with this 
this prophetic word from Justin Welby of, of, from about 2014 or whatever about the scandal of disunity. He came to Swindon. He came to Lydiard Park. He called us as God's people in Swindon to be together and talked about the scandal of disunity. Why is disunity a scandal? Because if you read John 17, you see the power of what it is when we're united. When we're united and, go, and people around us see the love that we have for one another, that's when the, the world will know that, that God sent Jesus and, and died for us. Amen? That's what, read John 17. It says it more clearly than I do. But there's a scandal about when we're not united behind Jesus and worshipping him. And that is a long-winded way of saying we're going again, we're praying again as God's people right across this town, churches together, Next, not, not this Tuesday, the following Tuesday, Tuesday the 15th of February, we're gathering here. There's an invite to all of God's any and all of God's people, followers of Jesus from across this town to come here and to worship together and to pray together and to dig into what God has begun in Swindon of uniting us that we might be a body that sees God come in power to our town. Amen? So can I encourage you to be here at 7.30 on the 15th? That's my little plug on the way through. But unity is key. Another thing that we're going for from Ephesians 4 is this, maturity. Okay? I don't know what you thought being part of the body was about. And I think sometimes, you know, we get confused about this. Um, and we forget what, it, what we're after. What are we aiming for as God's people? We're not about ticking religious boxes. We're not about Sunday mornings working well. We're not about doing what other people expect of us. We're not about success or having a big crowd. What we're about as God's people is growing up in Christ. Amen? That's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. I want you to grow up into him who is the head. That every part as it plays its part, as each ligament does its bit, as each part of the body plays the bit that it's been given to play, that I want you to grow up in maturity. That, that's what we're after. We're after growing up in Christ. We're after becoming more like Christ. That's a great thing about being part of this community. We're not after being like some person. We're not saying, come and follow me. We're not saying, come and follow Colin. We're not saying, you've got to be like this sort of thing or this. Or we're going to all do it this way. We're saying, no, we're all becoming like Jesus. We're all striving to become more like Jesus, whatever that looks like. And that will look like different things for each of us. We, br we come in our di diversity, but our agreement, our shoulder to, we're shoulder to shoulder in this, okay? It's not like we're trying to follow a person, but shoulder to shoulder, we're all trying to become more like Jesus. And it turns out, Paul says in Ephesians 4, it turns out that the way that the primary place where that happens the primary context is as we're together, one another. That as each plays its part, as each provokes, as each encourages, as each uses gifts, as each uh, rubs up alongside others, that is when we become more like Jesus, actually. This is the context in a body of people who are completely diverse. And so we've got to remember that. It's so easy in our isolated uh, cultural mindset to think, well, I come along, I do my thing with God, and I go away again, and I'll live life. No, actually, it's being, uh, we're called to become more like Jesus, and the place we find that we do that, the place where that works out is amongst God's people. In all the messiness of it, 
And that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? That the things that so often put us off and cause us to back off and think, well, I don't know, maybe not. I'll just do this. I'll just do this bit that, that fits with me. Actually, this is the very place where we do that growing up. And it's painful. And maturing is painful, isn't it? Ask a garden that's been pruned, if you could. We watched Dr. Doolittle last night, so if animals can talk, plants can as well. But, you know, pruning, it's painful, isn't it? James talks about joy in trials. Why? Because it causes us to persevere. It causes us to grow up. Actually, growing up is what we're about. Growing up is painful. But, and the, some of the pains and the stresses and the tensions that we feel as we come together as God's people, and that's a reality, but that's how we grow up in Christ. And we say, Lord, by your spirit, would you enable us to live with one another and to serve one another and to have this big vision of the church that causes us to go again and to come back again and to be excited again about what God might do if we allow him by his spirit to use our gifts and to uh, provoke us and cause us to minister to one another in a way that he is intended. Amen? So we're after unity, we're after maturity, and the way that we're going, well, I've kind of talked about it already, but you know, the, the key aspects of, uh, that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, of how, the how do we get there, the practicalities of it, if you like, uh, the way I've uh, seen it as I, as I look at it is there's humility on the one hand, which says, I need you, I haven't got it all. I can't do this on my own. I'm not going to grow up in God on my own. Actually, I only understand a little part. I don't see the full picture. I have one or two gifts. But actually, I need you. I humble myself. I say, uh, without you, body of Christ, I'm not going to get there. Without you, body of Christ, I'm not going to get through life. Never mind grow up to be more like Jesus. So humility says, I haven't got it all. I don't know all the answers. I don't, I don't understand you probably. You may not understand me. But every time that happens, I'm going to go again. I'm going to repent. I'm going to say I'm sorry if we've disconnected from one another in any way. I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to assume that I know. I don't know all the answers. You might know some things that I... We, come, we humble ourselves. We say, I need you, body of Christ. I need you who's different from me. I need you who don't, I don't understand or I've... I, I, I've I've fallen out with, or I've, I, I don't like the way that what, you do this. Or I, but I need you. That's my humbling of myself. I, I see a tiny bit of the picture. And actually, as I humble myself, and I come alongside you, and I seek to use what, what contribution I can to, to encourage you to go in Christ and to become more like Jesus, then it turns out that actually will happen in me as well. So there's humility that says, I need you. And then there's diversity of gifts, of experiences, of things that we bring, which kind of says, you need me. So actually, we're all different. Paul talks, he talks a lot about unity, about how we're all one, we're all united in Christ. But then he talks a lot about our diversity, that actually each one has gifts. Each one is different. Each one needs to play its part. And that is don't discount yourself from the each one because it's each one, everyone has a part to play. And actually, you need me in the same way that I need you in order for the body to, to function and to be built up. Amen? 
And in our individualism and our isolation that is so natural in our culture, we have two instincts often, don't we? We say, well, oh, I, I either, well, it's a, this is, it's about my gift. This is the thing that I'm called to. So I'll wait for that to come along. Um, I think that this is the thing that, but actually, you know, that our attitude of humility says, no, I'm going to come and serve. That I'm going to come in the same way that Jesus did as a servant. And so whatever needs doing, I'm, whatever needs doing to, that, to make sure that this body is built up, then I will come and I will serve. And I'll come and do that. Actually, it's not about my gift. Although God has given me gifts. But actually, my heart is that I'll come and serve. That this body might be built up. The other thing that we do with gifts is that we tend to say, oh no, I, 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 don't, I don't think, I, I'm not really that good at anything. I, I don't think I've got a gift that will help. No, Paul says, each one, everyone. You know, we're like, we're like fingerprints. We are uniquely gifted. We are unique with our experiences. I, Paul says that each one is, is given grace to the measure that Christ's given it. Amen. So each one is uniquely formed, each one of you, with gifts, with experiences, with ways of using those gifts, with ways of seeing the world, with personalities that mean that everyone is like a fingerprint. Everyone is utterly different. And actually, there are things that every one of you, only you can do in terms of building up the body. Only you can do in terms of causing the body to mature and be the place that God intended it to be. So everyone... You need me, I need you. And what we need to pray for and get excited about is that in this day of mess and trauma and needing to rediscover some things and kind of, kind of working out what does it look like for us again to be the people of God is we need to pray, I believe, that God would rekindle us in us a love for the church, but also that would release each one of us to be the fingerprint for the church, to be the unique thing, to, to enable our gifts to be re- released, to come with that attitude of, I don't know it all, but I'm, I want to serve, I want to give of myself, that this body might become all that God has intended, that in it, the manifold wisdom of God might be seen once again, that that might be seen to Swindon. Amen? We're one, but each one needs to be released in these days, that his body might be built up. Each one playing its part, whatever that looks like. Each one, each one giving of ourselves that the body that we might begin to see in our day, in a new way, this body rise. This church filled with the spirit of God, the the temple, the very temple where God is seen, the very temple where God dwells by his spirit. Amen? Right, we're going to respond in two ways. One's quite practical, one's kind of prophetic. Because for the far, well, let me, go, let me go with the practical one to start with. We, over the pandemic, we've got a little bit chaotic in terms of being the body. We've, as we started to regather, we've realized actually that there's a whole load of jobs that need doing around this family of God's people in order just to, to make the thing work. 
And it is just, there's, there's, no, there's no magic about this, but there's a whole load of areas that we just need the body to, to begin to serve one another in again. Because we kind of lost it. We kind of lost the habit. We all got out of the habit. We, we, as we came back from the pandemic, we didn't want to make it about just going back to the routines that we had before because genuinely we're saying, God, what do you want to do amongst us? We want to rediscover this passion for your body. And so we don't want to just go back into doing rotors and routines. And all. But actually, there's something about... When, when you have this many people, part of a community, you do just have to be a bit organized about stuff. And so there's a whole load of jobs right from um, musicians to kids' workers to stewarding and putting out chairs and visiting people in the week and just uh, 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 maintaining the building. I'm just the most practical things of all different types. And actually, part of being a family is just serving and uh, giving of ourselves that the whole thing kind of functions. That's how family... We had actually, weirdly, I was just thinking about this this morning, we had the same experience in our, in our, fa- our, our family at home, our family family, in that, you know, we used to be, we used to be all organized about this. We used to have this jobs chart on our wall, right? It was on the side of the fridge. Uh, Esther's putting her ha- head in her hands. She's like, oh, no, Dad, what are you going to say? Um, but we used to have a jobs chart, and everybody had a certain number of jobs they had to do each week, and you tick them off. And, you know, in the pandemic... Weirdly, like all these things, it kind of went, well, and we've had a kitchen redone as well, and so I, I don't know where the jobs chart went, and we've kind of, we've abandoned the jobs chart, and now it's just me doing the dishwasher every day. Oh, you did it today, did you, Helen? Well done. Do you found, found where it was all right, did you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, only joking, only joking, only joking. It's a new kitchen, it moved, all right, I'm only playing. Don't write letters to me afterwards. (laughs) We're one body. We're all united. We're all united, everybody. Come on. One family. Um, No, where was I? Oh, no, we lost the jobs chart. I don't know where it went. We're random again now. And so it's just, it's a bit, it's okay sometimes, but... You know, sometimes when you've got a busy week, it just doesn't, we, you need a bit of a plan of who's going to do what. And stuff just needs doing. And some of the jobs are horrible. Yes. No, all of the jobs are horrible, maybe. Hey? Cooking's fine, Eve says. Yeah, yes, yeah, she's good at that. But you know, sometimes there's jobs we don't like. Do- some, some jobs we like doing, some jobs we don't like doing. Anyway, long-winded way. Shut up, Nigel, and get on with it. Um, of saying, we have some serve cards. We're going to hand them out around the building. Um, everybody have a serve card. There's a whole load of different things that just need doing around the place. Think family life. If you're able to do, if you, this is your home church, we need everybody to kind of pull together in a new way so that we can get things working again. Um, tick things that you might be able to do, okay? That's a very practical way of responding, first of all. We're going to do that in a minute. Don't do it yet, but um, those will be handed out. And then I've had this thing in my mind that I really want us to do this morning because, you know, there's something about us being dislocated in this season and just being in our own little worlds and, you know, I want us prophetically to kind of say together, we are, we're together in this. We're a body. We're one. 
We're a family. And with all the heartaches and the messiness, actually, we're going to stand with one another. We're going to seek to use our gifts. We're going to seek to play our part. We're going to get alongside. We're going to open our eyes to see what the needs are across the body. We're going to say, I'm part of this. I'm part of this. Jesus, I want to grow up in you. And I realize I'm going to do that as I'm part with these other people, with all the, with all the, the frustrations and the complications of it. And so what I want us to do is I want to clear uh, this big portion in the middle. And as a way, a prophetic way of kind of saying, look, I'm part of this body. I'm part of the body of Christ. I wanna, I'm going to step in again. I'm going to give of myself again that this body might be, by, might be built up. I just want us to come one by one. Just come to get... You, you could, mm, no, maybe we shouldn't do this yet. Mm, maybe, I was going to say you could lay a hand on somebody's shoulder. Let's not just do that, but let's come, there's something about us coming together, and we're just going to worship Jesus together for one song. I want you to come, but come as a, and gather together in one unit, as it were. I was going to say before the throne. We're not yet before the throne. That'll be later, but, but we are in all our diversity coming to worship Jesus together. And so I want us to do that as a prophetic statement to say, I give myself again that the body of Christ, that what we are together might be built up. Amen? So if you could hand the, um, the, the serve cards around and some pens maybe. Uh, let's spend a couple of minutes doing that. And these people in the front, um, could you clear the chairs away here? And then as the guys begin to lead us in worship, I want us to just come one by one. And it's a way of us saying, I'm here for the rest of you. I need you and you need me. We're going to look at Jesus together and we're going to say, God, will you kindle in our hearts again something new, a new passion for your people?